Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Make that your heart's prayer. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. It is our heart's desire to be a sanctuary, to be a spiritual house, being built and being grown each and every day, being matured and sturdy, built upon a firm foundation of you, a house that can withstand the storm. A wall that can withstand attack. Pure and holy. Tried by fire and found to be true before you. Lord, it is with thanksgiving, it is with gratitude, it is with joy that we serve you. That we are being built by you each and every day. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. How's everyone doing today? Good morning. Can we give a hand for our worship team? That was powerful. I copied Pastor Ashley's outfit again in the all black. This is like three Sundays in a row. To be fair, though, she wears all black every time. So anytime you decide to do it, it's you, you copy in her. So. It is, what it, it is what it is. It's all good. I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's not fair. You can't just take the color. <laughs> okay, y'all can borrow it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here today. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Mary and Adrian for having me here, being able to speak to all of you, this beautiful campus, this beautiful congregation. They are just amazing pastors, and I just honor them and say we love you to them, and thank you, and yeah, for all you do, we just love you. Um, the title of my message today is called The Best. Everyone say The Best. The Best. So just to kind of give you a little bit of um, prerequisites before we start here. <laughs> I love to hear your voice. I love to hear you talk. I love to hear you say amen. So please today, do not feel like you have to sit here quietly. Don't sit, feel like you got to be still as you possibly can be. I would love to hear you. If you agree, please say amen. Can you say amen for me? Okay. All right. So you're able to talk. You're able to make noise. Okay. I want to hear you today. Okay. Because I want your spirit to feel. I want your spirit to feel what God is trying to say to you. Because he wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to speak to your mind. But sometimes we get in these seats and we get in these rooms and we just, oh, man, we turn into these weird little frozen zombies. I know it because I do it, too. And I have to catch myself sometime because when we do that, when we get in these rooms, we get into these services and we freeze and we sit still and we just, like, let our minds kind of, like, run away somewhere else and you get to thinking about what you have to cook this week you get to thinking about browns versus steelers you get to thinking about all this crazy stuff going on in the world your mind just is like in 50 different places while the pastor's up here trying to tell you what jesus is saying and you're just like oh wait what where am i at again and you miss it so today i don't want to let you miss it don't let yourself miss it get into that mode where you're like man if i need to do something with my hands take notes if I need to recenter and readjust and I hear some noise over there and something distracts me, let me dig in and say amen. 
Let me say, oh, I agree with that. Yes, let's go. Keep yourself involved in this. This is not a show, okay? (laughs) This is an interactive experience. This is an interactive, cohesive pursuit of Jesus in this moment, okay? Okay, so the title of my message today is called The Best. The Best. Everybody wants to be the best. You know, I, (laughs) I, I have the honor and privilege of being a part of this ministry where, in my opinion, we have the best pastors in the entire world. And I'm sorry if your YouTube search says differently. That's fine. I don't really care. I think that we have the best pastors in the entire world. And as I've started this, I've only been doing it for less than a year now, preaching consistently. And somebody was talking to me, and they're like, man, Pastor Troy is just the best He's the best. And it got me thinking in my head. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm never going to have as much passion and fire as Pastor Troy. He's the best at that. I think about another pastor. I'm like, man, I'm never going to be as reverent as Pastor Dominic. He's just the best at that. I'm never going to be able to study and break down God's word like Pastor Mary can. She's the best at that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, and don't even mention Dr. Cates and like that. He's just... He's the best at everything. Like, I'm never going to be able to even get close to any of those things. He's the best in every single category. And so I got to thinking, I'm like, God, what am I the best at? What do I want to be the best at? As I start this, as I start this journey, as I start this path with you in this new field, in this new lane of ministering in this way, what am I the best at? What do you want me to be the best at? And I heard the Holy Spirit say it so clearly in my heart stepped into alignment immediately that I want to be the best servant. I want to be the best servant. I want to be the one that whatever God says, I get up and I go immediately with no hesitation, no matter what's going on, no matter what the world is saying, no matter how my flesh feels, I say, God, I am obedient and I'm here to serve you no matter what it looks like. And we see Jesus over and over and over again tell us that the greatest among us are servants. That when you're a servant, when you're at your lowest in posture, when you're at your lowest in ego, when you're at your lowest in pride, that's when you're the best. That is when you are the best. So I said, Lord, my heart's desire is to be the best servant. And church, I just want you to make that your heart's desire today is to be the best servant that you can possibly be. To be the best at being a servant. But I'm going to warn you, you're going to have to compete with me because I'm trying to be the best servant. So you can try to be the best servant, but I'm going to I'm I'm be doing my best to beat you. We should out-compete each other to be the best servant. Let's make a competition. Who could be the best at serving? Not the best at preaching, singing, doing all this stuff. Who's the best servant here? That's what God cares about. Who's the best servant here? I said it in Cleveland. I'm a campus pastor at our Cleveland church. I said, listen, this is a church where we're not here to perform. I said, I get up here and preach. This, is no, this means nothing. So I, I, what matters is when I take the garbage out after this. What matters is when I'm sweeping the floor after this, making sure nobody leaves water bottles all over the place. That's what matters. This up here, this, this platform, this microphone, this is not, this isn't it. This isn't what counts. It's important too, but it's nowhere near as important as being willing to do whatever God needs. So I want to look at this verse to start out. Matthew 20, verse 28. Jesus says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, as ransom for many. Jesus left us the blueprint. Jesus didn't come down here for us to serve him. He could have sat up there in heaven. God could have sat up there in heaven and just listened to the people praise him all day if he wanted to. Listen to the angels and all of creation cry out and say, you're so holy. He didn't need anybody else to serve him. He sent Jesus here to leave a blueprint for us to serve, to serve, to serve others, to be obedient to his voice. And he said, the Son of Man did not get sent here to kick his feet up and watch Netflix. The Son of Man did not get sent here 
for people to comment on all of his posts and say how much they agree with him and feed his ego. That's not what the Son of Man got sent here for. He came here to serve. He came here to serve. He left us a blueprint. In Matthew 23, it says, The greatest among you will be servants. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He goes on in Mark 9.35 with all the disciples sitting down with the 12. He said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The servant of all. Anyone. If you're exalting yourself, you're going to get humbled. (laughs) You're exalting yourself, you're going to get humbled. Because that's not what he sent you here to do. He didn't put you here for such a time as this to exalt yourself. He didn't put you here for such a time as this to look over at the people next to you and pretend that for some reason you're better than them. He didn't put you here for that. He put you here to have a humble heart and to serve. And he said, this is when you're the greatest. This is when you're the best. When you serve. This is when you're the best, when you serve. And so today, church, my goal for you and my goal for this ministry is just to have a servant's heart. Have a servant's heart. Walk out of here today feeling like, man, how can I do better at this? How can I do better aligning with what God tells me to do? How? What do I do? How do I get a servant's heart? How do I break the chains off of self-service that this world has placed upon me? Because that's what the world's telling you to do at every single turn. How do I do it? You know, my grandfather, Dr. Kanton, he used to say this saying, and I love it. It's good, better, best. Never let it rest until good turns to better and better turns to best. We have to start it good. Get really good. At serving. Get really good at walking into this room and being obedient. Being obedient. Get good at it. If you're not there yet, if you're not at good yet, that's okay. Get to good. Get good to being consistent with your time. Being reliable. Serving this church. Serving this campus. Being somebody who can be called upon to do whatever it looks like. Get good at it. That's step one is get good. Walk in here and say, Pastor Mary, how do I serve? What can I do? What do you need? Where is the area of need here? Get good at that. That's step one, get good. Once you get good at it, once you get to serving, you say, okay, I've been given once a month serving in kids' church. Awesome. I've been here every Sunday. I even go to a midweek service now. Every now and then I get my kids to DSM. Like, I'm, I'm pretty good. Once you start feeling good about yourself, get better. Get better. Take it to the next level. Don't grow stagnant. Get better. Say, okay, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm following Christ. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting to service. I'm giving. I'm serving. I'm tithing. I'm doing all this stuff. Get better. Get better. Because you never arrive. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, it doesn't matter how much you know, you have never arrived. The finish line is going to continue to move, the world is going to continue to get darker until the end, and if you stop and think that where you're at is enough, you're going to fall. You're going to fall, you're going to lose reverence, you're going to lose that fire, that lamp of your first love, you're going to lose it. Because it's not going to be bright enough. It's not going to burn bright enough. So once you get good, get better. Do more. Serve more. Give more. Take five Joshua Kids tags instead of one. Take out every bag of trash instead of just picking the water bottle up off the floor. Get better. Serve twice a month. Oh, my gosh. Two times? Serve twice. And once you get better, be the best. Be the person that when somebody walks into this room and knows they need something, they can run to you. 
When somebody walks into this room with a sickness in their body, when somebody walks into this room with some brokenness in their family, when somebody walks into this room with depression, crippling them with a suicidal thought, they look at you and say, I know I can run right to Pastor Sue because she's going to lay her hands on me and give me what I need. She's going to bring heaven to earth in this moment. Be the best. When Pastor Mary walks in here and say, oh, 10 of our volunteers got sick. Well, guess what? I got 10 more people that I know I can ask. And they will jump willingly to serve. Get to the point where you are the best at serving. Good, better, best. We're all somewhere on that spectrum. Somebody might not even be at good yet. A lot of us aren't at good yet. But we have to. It's what we've been called to do. It's where we've been called to be. In 1 Peter 4, verse verse 10 through 11, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen? We're not going to get into heaven by our good works. It's not what we're being told here. But if God has given you a gift, if God has given you the gift of life, the gift of air in your lungs today, the ability to be here in this room, the freedom to openly worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if he has given you the gift, you are responsible. You are responsible for stewarding it well. You are responsible for stewarding it well. If you're going to wake up and walk into this building, do it as though Jesus is standing right here. Do it as Jesus is standing right here. That changes the way you worship. That changes the way you're apprehensive towards going into a kid's church room. That changes the way you look at taking the trash out. Jesus is here. He's given you the gift of life. The gift of free will. The gift of freedom. You live in the most prosperous nation in the world. You've been gifted. You've been blessed. Act like it. Act like it, church. Act like it, church. It's not too much to ask. We've been given so much. It's not too much to ask. It says we have to do it as though Jesus is standing right in front of us. We have to. That's our posture. That's our heart's posture. You know, we love to to put somebody on the throne. I don't know about you, but... If you have kids or if you're into sports, everybody loves to debate who's the GOAT, right? Who's the best? Who's the greatest of all time? And maybe if you're not into sports, even in every single community of hobby or just interest, there's somebody who's the best. Think about it right now. Think about who's the best. Your favorite singer, your favorite baker, your favorite pastor on YouTube, your favorite whatever it is. In every single group, there's somebody who sits at the top. Think of everybody, right? Even your knitting, your knitting videos. Like, oh, yeah, she's the best. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Seb's not here, but I have Pokemon YouTubers who are the best. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the best one. Like, in every community, there's the best. And we put somebody at the top. We put somebody on the throne. And it's in our nature to do so. Because that's what we were created to do. We were created to put somebody at the top and worship them. We were created to put somebody at the top and say, they are the greatest. They are above all else. They are the best. They are holy. But the problem is, is that creation has been perverted. That creation and that nature has been perverted. That we're worshiping our favorite YouTuber and putting them in the place where God's supposed to sit. We're putting that person, that entertainment, where God's supposed to sit. And I'm not sitting in here telling you you shouldn't be watching anything or having fun or enjoying life. No, no, no. 
God gave you all those things as gifts. That's wonderful. But they should never be on the same shelf as this. They should never be in anywhere near what this has. Don't ever look at the things of this world and even compare them to what he's given us. They can't be one in the same. Santa Claus can't be the same as Jesus. He can't. It's fun. That's awesome. I'm, there's nothing wrong with it. But once we replace Santa with this, that's when we can start to walk in the fullness of Jesus. Don't fall into that trap of this world. And it's not just somebody else. A lot of the times we put ourselves on that throne. It's not always just somebody we look up to. A lot of times we look inward and put ourselves in that place. Say, you're the best. You're holy. You're worth all my attention. We look in the mirror and say, you deserve everything. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to relax. You deserve leisure to treat yourself to give you all the desires of your heart. You deserve it all. We do it every day. And we have to be very, very careful. Because he didn't call us here to serve ourselves. He didn't call us here to serve ourselves. And to be the best servant, it costs something. It costs something. We have to lay it down. We have to lay down our leisure. We have to lay down our comfort. We have to sacrifice that. If we're going to serve others, if we're going to be an others-focused church, a ministry, body of Christ, we got to lay down ourselves. We can't look at ourselves as the highest priority in the room ever. Never. Never can we walk into this room and think we're the most important. We're not. Every one of you is. And that's the perspective we all have to carry. Because we've gotten into this mode where we serve ourselves so well. We can't get people to sacrifice their time. It's so much to ask. It's so much to ask. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I'm too sad. Maybe I'm too rich to go down there and do that. I'm too important. We serve ourselves. And I said this last week in Cleveland, I said, man, we should have a line in a waiting list for people that want to serve in our kids' ministry. There should be a, a line in a waiting list for people that want to serve in our kids' ministry because none of us are too good for it. None of us are too high for it. None of us are better than that. It's actually our responsibility that we sacrifice because what? Oh, because we don't feel like it or because we're tired, because we feel like we're too important. My Aunt Pat is in there right now. My great Aunt Pat. She's in her 70s. She's not young enough to have any 10-year-olds that she's responsible for. She's retired. She's in there right now serving and has done so consistently year after year after year. And that is an indictment on every single person in this room. There isn't a position that you were too good for. And if you want to make a change, you say, oh, I want to see this world changed. I want to see the next generation on fire for Jesus. It's going to cost something. It's going to cost your fatigue. It's going to cost your comfort. It's going to cost your pride. It's going to cost your ego. There should never be a lack and it's not like it's asking too much. I talk about it every time. If every single person in here signed up to serve, you would only have to do it maybe once every two months. Maybe. Once. Sacrifice an hour, one time, every two months. Is that too much? Is that appalling to your spirit? Does that grind against your innermost being one hour? We've gotten so locked into this culture. We've gotten so locked into this society where we look at the timestamps of YouTube and our favorite podcasts and we say, okay, it's going to start now. It's going to end here. I'm going to fit it into my life how I want it to be. And I know I can pause it and stop it and move and do exactly what I want to do because I'm in control of this and I can decide how I want this to go. And we try to do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. So, okay, how, how long Avon Lake is going to go? It goes from 11 till when? 
okay, it, it has to end by it has to end by one o'clock because I got this to do. I got laundry to do. I got the game to watch. I got food to make. And we try to control the Holy Spirit. And you say, hey, you follow me, Holy Spirit. You follow me and fit into my schedule. You follow me. The Holy Spirit is saying, no, no, no. If you want me to follow you, I'm going to stay over here and do what I'm supposed to be doing because this is what God has told me to do. And you go ahead and walk away. We walk away and we wonder, where, what, what, where's the Holy Spirit? Why isn't he with me? Why is my family in bondage? Why is somebody who loves Jesus so broken? The Holy Spirit went that way. And you started following your heart this way. And this word says in Jeremiah 17, our hearts are deceitful above all else. We have to follow the Holy Spirit, no matter what it costs, no matter how hard it is. I use myself as an example for this. <laughs> I don't like doing this. I didn't want to be a preacher. I never wanted to be on this microphone, ever. You can ask my parents. You can ask my family. I said, I'll never preach. Even when I took the youth pastor job, I said, I'm not going to be a preacher. I said, I'll do like, <laughs> I told them this. I'm dead serious. I said, I'll do small groups. I'll, you know, organize retreats, all of that stuff. I used our pastors for the youth retreat to come and preach, but I was not going to be a preacher. It's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> and to this day, it's not what I want to do. <laughs> I get up here, and we're not I, when I get up here, but beforehand, when I see the preaching schedule, I'm like, uh, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks, and no thanks. I'm good. My flesh... Flesh man is like, uh, absolutely not. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't feel qualified for that. I don't feel anointed for that. I don't feel any of those things. I, I, I feel, feel, feel. My emotions and everything in me of me sitting on the throne and serving myself say no. No. But I say, God, I want to be the best servant. I want to be the best servant. And so guess what? I'll give it. I'll give it to you. I'll take that feeling of insecurity and I'll nail it to that cross. I'll take that feeling of not being qualified. I'll take that feeling of everything in me pulling me the opposite direction and I'll nail it to the cross. I'll pick it up and say, Holy Spirit, you lead. You lead. Even if I feel stupid, you lead. Even if I look stupid up here singing a song, I'll sing. I'll worship you. I'm following you. I'm not following myself. I'm not following these people. I'm following what you say in this word. And if you call me to do it, I'm going. Why? Because I want to be the best servant. I want to be the best servant. But we have to sacrifice that. We have to sacrifice that luxury. We have to sacrifice that indulgence of self. It costs something. You know, 80 percent, 18 through 28, voted yes on issue one. 80 percent voted yes for our state to be able to kill full-grown babies, for our state to allow kids to choose their genders without any consent from you. 80 percent. And we get so hurt and we get so angry and we get so mad. We don't have 80% of this congregation serving in kids' church. We don't have 80% of the teens that are represented in this congregation going to DSM on Thursdays. We don't. Why? We're tired? You had a long day at work? You don't want your kid to have a mean opinion about you? You don't want your kids' friends, parents to have a mean opinion about you. But then we get so hurt. Why? How? This generation is so lost. No, no, no. Your generation is lost. Because you put yourself on a throne and started being the best servant to you that you could possibly be. And disregarding what the Lord told you to do. 
I need to sit down. I need to drink. I need to put my feet up. I need to watch Netflix. I need to watch the game. He doesn't want to go to that. She doesn't want to go to that. I can't give an hour every two months. It's breaking the Holy Spirit's heart. It's breaking his heart. And I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing the complaints about this generation. I'm, vi- I'm, I'm so done. Because it's not the general and true consensus of what they really want in their hearts. Because I see it every Thursday, 60, 70, 80 kids on their knees praying. I see parents, Kevin and Madi, bringing their 12-year-olds that are scared and putting them in the environment and saying, you go up there and you worship and you be a part of it. And I see it week by week, a change happening for himself. I see Landon at the front worshiping for himself, not because his mom and dad are awesome and know the Holy Spirit. No, because he knows who Jesus is for him. And so when it comes time for him to step into that role, when it comes time for him to vote, he's not going to vote because of his mom and dad leading worship well. He's going to vote because he knows the truth of this word and has had a personal experience with Jesus. That's what's going to happen. But we're tired. We want to focus on doing our thing, serving ourselves, but complaining about the world. No. No, we've got it messed up. You're serving you. In church, we have to move. We have to change. We have to change. We have to be willing to sacrifice. We have to be willing to withstand opinions. I say it every time I preach, and I'll continue to say it. Your convictions about who Jesus is, who he's been, what his Holy Spirit has the power to do, have to be stronger than the weak opinions of this world. Your convictions have to be stronger than the opinions of this world. If they are not, you are going to fail. If you walk out of this room and you don't have a deep conviction in your heart about who Jesus is, this world is going to chew you up and spit you out. You'll be leaving confused, sad, angry, church hurt, offended. (laughs) If you don't wake up every day and say, give me this. Give me this. I've started this thing about three weeks ago now. Before I touch my phone, before I do anything, I grab this. Even if I can only read like one little chapter before I have to go pee, I do this first. (laughs) It's honest. That's what I do. And I'll go back and read some more. But if 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 all I got in me is like, okay, let me hurry up. I got to hurry up and read something. But this is the first thing. This is first. Why? Because I need it. I need to know. I need to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. I need to know the truth of this word. I need to be able to walk out in this world and communicate truth with love. And not waver. And it's so hard to do without this. It's impossible. How you feel is only going to get you so far. Why? Because when I talk to people that feel very strongly opposite of this, and I'm able to communicate this with truth and love, they are completely transformed. Atheists, completely transformed. Brokenness, completely transformed. Without this, though, there's no power. We have to be the best servants. We have to learn how to wait. Be patient. Be patient. Wait for God. I love the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel. She was barren. She wanted a baby so bad. Not only was she barren and wanted a baby, but she had, at the time, people had multiple wives, but her husband's other wife would mock her. He'd mock her. She would say, oh, you still don't have a baby, and you're still over there worshiping and praying to God? She would talk trash. Year after year after year, for 19 years, she was a good servant. Went to the temple, prayed, still served, still lifted her hands and said, God, you see my heart, you see my grief, but I will continue to serve you. I'll wait. That's how we have to be, and Hannah got her baby. When she got her baby, she named him Samuel. 
She gave him to the Lord. Dedicated him. Said, he is for you. This gift that you gave me, God, I'm giving it unto you. He'll serve you. He'll hear your voice clearly. That's how we have to be. We have to be able to wait. Being good servants means waiting and still serving. I'm sick in my body right now. I'm still going to go serve. I'm still going to be there. I'm going through it. My life is hell. I'm still going to go. I'm still going to pick up this word. I'm not feeling it. Everything in my flesh is telling me, get off of that stage and put that microphone down. (laughs) I'm still going to stand up and go do it. We have to be willing to wait for what God's going to do. If you believe his promises, if you believe in his word, you know it's going to come to pass. You know it doesn't return void. No matter how long it takes, no matter how long you have to wait, no matter how bad people are talking about you, no matter how much trash is being thrown your way, say, I know the promises of the Lord, and they will come to pass. For my family, for my children, for this region, they will come to pass. And I'm going to continue to be a good servant through it all, good or bad. We have to be able to serve. See, I mentioned it earlier, and (laughs) our works aren't going to get us into heaven. He's not over there counting how many times you moved chairs or how many times you served in kids' church or how many times you came up here and worshiped. He doesn't have, like, a tally mark up there. Like, oh, they gave offering today. Okay. But, you know, if they don't get to 102, they're not going to get in. That's not how God works. (laughs) That's not how the Lord works. In this verse, In Matthew, it's so sobering when Jesus says this. But really, it's just a turning of our heart. Because the spirit of performance has no room in the kingdom of heaven. The spirit of performance has no room in the kingdom of heaven. Has no room. The spirit of, hey, look at me, I'm up here. Look at me, I'm going to serve. Look at me, I'm going to work. Has no room here. This isn't for you, and if you're doing it for the right reason, it's not about that. It has nothing to do with that. You could care less if somebody sees you. If it's service unto him, if it's obedience unto him that we are after, this doesn't matter. If there's a camera here or a light on, if he says, hey, come worship me, it doesn't matter if there's 3,000 people in the room or zero. It's about your heart's willingness to go and worship. But I love this verse Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Key word in there, perform. Didn't we perform? Didn't we perform? Jesus, didn't we come in on a Sunday and perform? Didn't we come on Easter and Christmas Eve? Didn't I name my kid after a prophet? You saw me. I got him dedicated. You saw me. Everybody saw me. I posted to everybody on Facebook what I think about everything. In Jesus' name, I'm angry. I commented on every post I didn't agree with. Yeah, you saw me. The world saw me perform. And he says here, unless you're doing the will of my father, I don't know you. I don't know you. What's the, will of my, what, what's the will of his father? John 6, 40. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and will raise them up on the last day. That's the will of the father. To see souls being one. To see people's lives transformed. To bring people to heaven and bring heaven to earth while you're here. That's the will of the father. Whatever that entails. 
whatever it entails. Whether that means you come in here and you clean up leaves, serve in kids' church, sing on the worship team, preach, be consistent, be reliable, actually wake up and read this book so that you're filled and able to be somebody that someone needs in this world. Whatever it looks like, it's saying, God, your will be done, not mine, not the will of my flesh, not the will of serving myself. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our posture. Whatever it looks like. That's what we have to do. That's how we have to pursue. Because I don't want to get up to heaven and say, Lord, you saw me performing. Everybody saw me. I was there. (laughs) I remember... Back in the day before it was like digital giving, I remember sometimes as a kid seeing people during offering time take their cash out and like big count the money. Have you ever seen that before? Like they pull it out and like 100, 200, like held it up as high as they possibly can to show every single bill and then drop it slowly into the offering. (laughs) Lord, you saw me. So did the whole congregation. Everybody saw me give my $500. You saw me. I even broke it into 20, so it looked like more. (laughs) Say, Lord, you saw me. I would hate to get up there, man, and be like, I never knew you. You sat there and counted your money as slow as you possibly could, but never stepped a foot into that kid's church. Never picked up a piece of trash. Allowed a generation to be completely lost because of how you felt. I never knew you. You were worried about serving yourself. I wasn't worried about serving me. And our heart's posture, church, has to change. That's what we have to do. We have to be the best. We have to want to be the best at serving his heart well. In the moments where you're seen, in the moments where you're not. In these moments, absolutely, you praise with all your heart like he is up on this stage. Yesterday, I woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I know Pastor Ashley was doing it too. We were cooking chicken nuggets for Joshua kids. (laughs) House smelling like chicken nuggets at 8 in the morning. It's weird. Not not the right smell. It's supposed to smell like bacon and eggs, not chicken nuggets. It's weird, weird smells really early. But that's the heart of a servant. Saying, yes, I'm going to serve you with everything I have in this campus, but I'm also going to wake up and make chicken nuggets for Joshua kids. I'm going to give my time. Give my all. I'm going to come up here and preach if you tell me to. Come up here and sing if you tell me to. I might be horrified to go watch it back afterwards, but I'm going to do it. I never do. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And as I close today, church, I just want to read this verse over you and and pray for you. But I just really want everybody in this room to embrace that heart. Embrace that servant's heart. I want to hear a change come in this campus. I want to talk to Pastor Mary and be like, man, we couldn't get enough Space to even hold the volunteers for the volunteer meeting. We had a list so long of kids' church workers that we didn't even have space to accommodate everybody. Because people were so willing and so ready. So I want this campus, I want our church to be known as people who have servants' hearts. Amen? So I want to read you this verse in 2 Timothy and it talks in the before this verse in 220 it talks about cleansing yourself of evil picking up that servant's heart and in verse 21 it says those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy useful to the master and prepared to do any good work any good work and i just would ask you today as we close if you could just stand up in this moment and we're just going to pray 
because I want every single person in this room to embrace having a servant's heart, ready to do whatever God needs, ready to put the heart of the Father before your own desires. And in this moment today, I want an exchange to take place, an exchange from our hearts to his. At the end of this, when you go to heaven, when your days are done, when you take your last breath, we want our goal to be getting up there and Jesus looking at us and smiling and saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not my good and faithful pastor. Not my good and faithful singer. Not my good and faithful soccer coach. Well done. My good and faithful servant. You took what I gave you and you stewarded it well. You took those gifts of life that I gave you. And you did everything you could with them for my kingdom. You didn't waver. You didn't let your family slip. You didn't put leisure in front of me. And so today, church, with every eye closed, if that's your heart's desire, you say, Lord, I want you to take the burdens of my heart. Take the burdens of what I need to cook for Thanksgiving. Take the burdens of the opinions of others. Take the burdens of my broken family. Take the burdens of this sickness. Take the burdens of this mental health illness that I have. Take the burdens of this spiritual brokenness and replace them with your heart, Jesus. If that's your heart's desire today, I just want you to raise your hands to heaven and just receive it right now in this moment. Receive his heart right now in this moment. Say, Lord, take my heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh, God. Take my heart of stone and replace it with the desires of heaven. Take the things I want. Take the things I think. Take the things I think I know in this moment, Jesus, and replace them with you. Replace them with what you want. Replace them with what you're saying. Lord, cut through the noise of this world. Cut through the noise of my thoughts. Cut through the noise of my desires. Allow me to hear your voice above all. Lord, give me a servant's heart. Give me a servant's heart that serves you well. Lord, give me the focus to wake up every single day and run to you. Before I do anything else, God, fill me with your words. Allow my life to be a vessel for heaven. Jesus, I just pray that every hand extended in this room right now is receiving heaven, that is receiving heaven, that their Holy Spirit is moving right now over this room and filling hearts, that's filling hearts and filling lives with so much light, with so much joy. God, I pray that the burdens of life are being lifted right now. The burdens of the things that people walked in here with are being lifted right now in Jesus' name. Burdens are being lifted and being replaced with joy being replaced with freedom addiction is breaking right now in the name of jesus depression is breaking right now in the name of jesus we seek first the kingdom of heaven as all these things are being added unto you right now i pray that anxiety has to go right now in jesus name a spirit of suicide has no place in this house now and forever jesus it has to go that the people right now are being filled with the light as they go forward this week as they go into their houses as they go into their families houses that there will be such a sense of freedom and such a sense of light that darkness will have no place around them that the enemy will have to leave the room when the light walks in in Jesus name I pray for peace over families I pray for mending of brokenness God I pray for restoration of broken relationships right now Jesus that there is a peace covering it right now that the people in this room will be agents of peace and healing as they go into their holidays, Lord, that they will walk into rooms and healing will start to occur. Not just physical, but emotional, God. Emotional pain, damage that has been done, damage that has festered for years, Lord. That you are giving a specific anointing in this room today that when they step into the room, those wounds will begin to heal. 
Jesus, I thank you that each and every person in this room is receiving a servant's heart, Lord. I pray for a transformation in our church, God. A transformation in our church that is more focused on others than ourselves. That is willing to serve in whatever capacity you say. That is humble. Give us a humble heart, Lord. Minds were not too good. We come before you poor in spirit. And we say, Lord, we are nothing without you. Jesus, we are nothing without what you've done. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice you made. We thank you for the pain that you bore. We thank you for the brokenness that paid the price for our peace, that paid the price for our healing. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Allow our lives to be edifying unto you. You're not asking too much. It's nothing for us to give our lives freely because you gave yours. We put down our leisure. We put down our comfort. We lay down our crowns of pride. Get off of your throne. We say, be exalted. Be exalted over our lives. Be exalted every day. And Lord, convict us. Our hearts are deceitful, but Lord, convict us. When we begin to stray, when we begin to think that we're doing good, convict us and say, it's time to get better we do him better convict us and say it's time to be the best don't let us grow stagnant keep our fires lit for you replace the lamp of our first love that burns with holy fear Lord make us new again we love you in Jesus mighty name I pray I want to say thank you for everybody that's in this room. I know I'm challenging you. I know I'm pushing you. I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. But I want to say that if you're in this room today, you're already on your way to good. <laughs> Maybe you're, some of you are at good. But just continue to get better. God's going to bless you for your sacrifice. God's going to bless you for being a servant. He's going to fill your heart with so much joy. The Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light so thank you for laying your leisure down thank you for laying your comfort down and being with us in this room today i want you to live right love everybody and pray hard and we'll see you next time god bless you